When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Happy to have you here. Coming up on this week's show, we'll get a review of Virgin Voyages. Brand new. Well, it's not really brand new. It's been out for a while, but just hasn't sailed. So we'll get a review of Scarlet Lady from UK journalist Dave Monk, otherwise known as Ship Monk on Twitter. Cruise Radio News, your three things you need to know daily found just opposite of this. Just search Cruise Radio News or in video format at the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. All right. Travel writer Dave Monk just returned from a four-night cruise aboard Virgin Voyage's new ship, Scarlet Lady. Now, they tried to launch this ship last year, so early 2020, but of course COVID happened, so it was docked or for months and months and months. Now it's back into service, and Dave's here to talk all about it. Hey, Dave. Hi, how are you doing? Good, my friend. Now, when this ship debuted last year, so like March of 2020, it was in the UK for a hot minute. Did you get a chance to go on board? I did have a two-day visit to the ship when it arrived in Dover. On gotcha. The, on the- Before we get to the ship itself, I want to take a step back and give us some pre-cruise thoughts. Like, what were you kind of formulating in your head? Because Virgin is definitely, well, we'll just say game changer for the cruise industry. Yes, it's very different. Having had that uh, short experience in Dover, unfortunately, the, the weather wasn't great. Uh, this ship will look great in the in the Caribbean, I'm sure. But so far, it's had to deal with, uh, with mainly English weather. So the first impression when I got on then, back in February 2020, was I went to the top deck and I thought, that swimming pool looks a bit small for a ship with 2,800 people, mm-hmm. uh, potentially. And also, it's it's quite it's been designed largely by people that have not been involved in the cruise industry before, which can be good and it can be bad in, in different aspects. Inside, it's quite an inward-looking ship. It's got lovely lounges and bars. It's got a fantastic nightclub, but there's not the kind of outward-looking views that you get on many ships. There's not an observation lounge. Um, there's not a, a solarium or anything like that where you would just sit and look out at the views. It's very much made for the Caribbean in that if you want to see the the, the horizon, uh, apart from on your balcony, of course, or through sort of large portholes, uh, then it's it's all about being on deck. It's it's I think the probably the idea is to get people up on deck, enjoying, mixing, uh, being by the pool, lounging, whatever. So it's, it's quite a different design of, from your regular ship. 
when you were on it before, so uh, when it was in Dover, is this mm. ship more of a, is it more of an inside ship or outside ship? Or do they kind of balance it like a lot of cruise ships do? Yes. I mean, just to compare it very quickly with a ship I was on last week, which is the new P&O Cruises ship, Iona, that atrium has three stories of glass. So it's very light, bright, open. You, you really see the passing scenery. Whereas with Scarlet Lady, it's kind of in two halves. You're either inside or you're outside. When you're inside, you're looking more, you're more focused on what's going on uh, around you rather than outside. You can obviously sit and have breakfast and look out one of these windows or portholes and and see the, the sea passing by. But it hasn't got that kind of that observation area or big windows or a, or a big open atrium that you might find on other ships. Gotcha. Okay. So let's talk about embarkation. When you went to go and embark uh, Scarlet Lady over in Portsmouth. Now, over here in the U.S., you know, embarkation, of course, very strict for your arrival time, and you're having to show the, the PCR or antigen test taken within 72 hours of your sailing. How are you doing it over there in the U.K., and how was it done with, um, with Scarlet Lady? Well, with Scarlet Lady, it requires double vaccination anyway, so you're fully vaccinated. The tests were done at the port. Now, as a media guest, I had a fairly swift embarkation. My mm-hmm. test was done on board. I do know that uh, in previous weeks, especially the first day uh, that Scarlet Lady began sailing, they had people were queuing for hours to to get their tests. So I think they're obviously trying to make that far more efficient. Uh, but it's a it's a, a quick test on board. As soon as you get the result, obviously, you know, you're, you're good to go. Okay. You know, I know you've been on other cruises aside from Scarlet Lady. Are the cruise lines pretty strict on your arrival time over there as well? Yes. If you turn up too early, they might turn you away. Mm-hmm. When I was arriving for Iona, for example, we had a two-hour queue in our car to in order to get to the testing station. Mm-hmm. Whereas I heard that other people who arrived by, by train on, and by foot, by cab, they were able to do a fairly a quick walk-on test. So uh, whereas with Celebrity, we did a PCR test uh, some days in advance, which mm. was meant us driving an hour away and back. But at least when we got to the port, it was quite efficient. Yeah. MSC, the, the test was done at the port, and, and that was we were on within an hour. So every line is doing this slightly different. Sure. Did um did they say what kind of like what, what the capacity was on Scarlet Lady? Well, the the capacity is two thousand eight hundred, but the number that actually sailed on on my voyage was one thousand two hundred. So okay. so less than fifty percent. Gotcha. So you make your way on board Scarlet Lady. Uh, I know you've been on before, but what were your mm. first impressions this go around? Because you're going to have interactions with the crew, and you're actually sailing this time and not just taking a tour of it. Yeah. Uh, crew were, were very welcoming uh, one of the other things that you notice on virgin is the crew are quite casually dressed even i went up to the bridge and met the captain and some of the some of the bridge officers they're all quite casually dressed as well there's there's none of the stripes and the peak cap and all that kind of stuff they're very dressed down a lot of the crew uh, have tattoos very visible sort of arm tattoos very nice a lot of them very striking 
Um, and of course, there is a tattoo parlor on board. And I think one of the messages that Virgin is trying to get across is that it's welcoming people that have got tattoos. Uh, it's it's part of the the culture on board, I suppose. So it's not so much they expect you to get a tattoo on board, though that's possible, but it's a, a kind of message to people who may have thought they wouldn't like to be on a cruise that, you know, this is their kind of place to be. So casual but professional. Yes, yes, okay. certainly in terms of the crew. Sure. Um, sometimes you kind of, they look like they're out of science fiction almost with, with the uh, uniforms. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very, very professional, very welcoming. Um, yeah, very, I was very impressed by the crew. Did you see anyone getting tattoos during your voyage? No, uh, I didn't. <laughs> and I, I think that's still going to be a pretty rare thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think some people might do it just for the sake of it. But I was talking to uh, someone with tattoos uh, previous uh, to the voyage, and he was saying it's it's not a sort of thing that, that he would do. Um, you know, you plan tattoos, you have your, your favorite designer, um, and also, of course, there's the uh, there's the actual effect of if you have a tattoo, then I I understand you can't swim. You know, there's time for it to heal and all that kind of stuff. So, I imagine that most of the tattoos that are done on board, if they are, will be very small, you know, out the way little uh, anchors or virgin signs or something, possibly by by some of the staff, some of the crew, yeah. or, or some of the visitors. But I don't, I don't think it's a major thing. It, and it's one of the things that I think Virgin are now downplaying a bit because mm-hmm. they want to focus more on the on the restaurants and and what's going on on board. Yeah, I was surprised because you you posted a lot of photos through your voyage and on uh, on your Facebook and Twitter account, and I was surprised I didn't see a mermaid tattoo on your arm or something like that <laughs> on one of your posts. So uh, yeah, okay, I guess you didn't get yes. one there. No, I, I I haven't yet, and uh, I doubt I will. Right, but yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm, a couple of people I know have had very small tattoos mm-hmm. done, and yeah. I think that's probably as, as far as most people will go. Yeah, for sure. So you go to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have on the sailing, and how did you think of it? Was it a, was it a game-changer stateroom as well? I was uh, very lucky to be uh, given a what they call a mega rock star suite. Nice. Um, so my uh, room, uh, my cabin, if you like, uh, it did have uh, an old-style uh, record player turntable, had a selection of vinyl LPs like uh, the Beatles, and uh, yes, it was uh, it had an outside shower shower on the balcony, which is interesting. It had a hammock, as as I think just about every uh, balcony does. Uh, so yes, it was. Uh, a huge shower and everything else. So it was different, you know, again, deliberately different, uh, kind of the, the rock star feel. The biggest suites on the ship actually have their own electric guitar room, uh, and there's a vinyl record shop on board. Uh, so there is that kind of retro feel about it as well. When I was on board last year in Dover and uh, I did have a quick look this time as well. The the kind of the the regular balcony cabins they do have this bed that converts into an L shape during, if you wish, during the day. So it becomes like a settee during the day and then a full bed at night. But I think most people now 
ju- I'd just leave it as a, as a bed mm-hmm. 24 hours because they don't see the point of having that settee. It's great if if you've got friends that pop round for a you know pre-dinner chat or whatever, but um, I think that's that's one idea that it, it seems to be people are, are going for the more traditional use of the room just just as a bedroom. Yeah, what makes uh, like what makes the Rockstar suite aside from it being a suite and much larger? I mean, was there like a was there like a hot tub in this in this suite, or was there like a butler service or anything like that? Well, there there was a, a butler service, yes. Although Virgin calls them roadies, okay. So I <laughs> I had my roadie uh, who who was a wonderful chap, and uh, one of the nights I had some uh, friends round, uh, other people I knew from the trip. Uh, and he supplied the, the wine and the snacks and all that kind of stuff. So again, but very casually dressed, not like you would imagine a, a regular uh, cruise ship butler. But no, aside from that, really, it was the, oh, the, I should mention there was a free bar in this room. So it was stacked with bottles of gin and whiskey and vodka uh, and drawers with, uh, with cocktail glasses and mixers and all that kind of stuff. So, Yes, yeah, so I think that was the the kind of rock star feel to the room. And as far as like USB ports, plenty of those in, in the room. Yeah, certainly as many as I needed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't think how many there were now, but yeah, there were plenty to to plug in. Yeah, very good. So let's talk about dining because uh, Virgin has been saying since 2015 that they're changing the way cruise ship dining is going to happen. And one of the big things was, and it kind of just worked out perfectly, I guess, with the whole COVID thing, was there was not going to be any buffets. But I'm curious, are there buffets on Virgin ships, or is it like, is it a buffet, but they're just not calling it a buffet? No, it is really quite different. Uh, Instead of a buffet, they have a food hall. It's more like a food court, like you you get in a shopping mall. Mm -hmm. Um, so there are separate stands for burgers, tacos, sushi, uh, paninis, salad, all that kind of stuff. So it's like uh, like a regular shopping mall when you go in and there's a food court and you can go to different areas. Uh, and, and if you wish, you can pick and choose and, and, and mix up your food. But uh, most people I saw would, would just go in and, and get a meal uh, from from or a dish uh, from one of the outlets and just enjoy that. And at the moment, and I don't know if this is permanent or if it's just COVID, but you didn't even have to queue. Uh, you would just sit down somewhere uh, in a, a, one of the one of the chairs, one of the tables, and a waiter or waitress would come over and take your order. So whichever whichever food you order, whichever snack you wanted, they would bring to you. And that I, I thought was probably one of the best things about the whole experience because it was freshly made. It's not sitting there, uh, you know, forever. They say it cuts back on food wastage because they're, they're not just putting out piles of food and and waiting for people to pick it up. I actually had an omelette at 2 a.m. to test their 24-hour mm-hmm. uh, boast. And, you know, it was freshly made, brought to me, and it, you know, it was very good. So... I thought that was quite an improvement on the the general buffet experience. Yeah. How about, is there a main dining room concept on here? No, there's no main dining room at all. So it's all, all the foods included. Uh, There there are obviously optional extras on on some things, 
but in general you can eat at any of the restaurants so they have uh there's an italian called extra virgin there's a korean barbecue experience which is great to do in a group called gumbai there's i'm just trying to think of some of the other ones there's um they call it the wake at the back of the ship as mm-hmm. you would expect and that that's a steakhouse so there's there's various restaurants there's also something called test kitchen which is more kind of experimental wasn't quite i i tried it in dover it wasn't quite to my taste but some people raved about it i think the whole experience i mean when i was going on board uh, we have a a brand over here called marmite and and the advertising slogan is love it or hate it mm-hmm. uh, and i i think that's a bit with you know with virgin i saw some one great thing was there were there were younger people on board there were people in their 30s and 40s some people of more traditional cruising age were, were walking around looking slightly you know have have i come onto the wrong ship mm-hmm. but of course you can do the regular things you can sit in a bar you can you know sit outside you can go to fitness classes the fitness classes uh, group fitness classes are included in the fair there's a spa however i have to say the the theater is quite different it's not your your regular stage show i saw one really fantastic acrobatic performance and at night they can constantly change the stage round so you, you can be right in the middle of it you can be facing it as you would normally or they can bring the stage into the middle of the audience mm-hmm. i went to a dance party one night so it's it's not your your normal sing and dance kind of shows it's normally something quite different yeah you were mentioning uh that more traditional cruisers were walking around looking kind of lost do you think there's a threshold maybe of a certain age that might get virgin voyages and that might not get virgin voyages yes i think well i think one of the things is if you've been on a cruise before and a a lot of people i spoke to on board they said in various tones well it's quite different isn't it (laughs) (laughs) so and that could be said with approval or Mm -hmm. slight you know puzzlement or whatever one of the things i i should mention um is that in the rooms there is a, a little pack with, and I, I don't want to be too explicit on the radio, but um, so, so we say it's uh, sex toys, okay. uh, condoms. Sure. And, and and one of the entertainment shows was a, a kind of sex therapist character. Uh, and the as the audience went in, you were asked fairly personal questions about your sex life, <laughs> and all part of a sort of joke, you know, right. kind of theatrical thing. But I think, you know, things like that. I mean, I don't think, I think the thing is that Virgin can't stop itself being a bit edgy. Sure. And while they're now playing down the tattoo parlor thing, they're now introducing a bit of, you know, sexual content. Yeah. So, um, yes. So it's one of those things. I think what they're aiming for uh, is, of course, it's adults only as well, I should mention. So, they're looking for people, I don't know, 30s, 40s, 50s, mm-hmm. uh, obviously traveling without children, which is, you know, another factor. People that would be used to going into alternative theater or you know, quite happy going to a show that's uh, a bit, shall we say, edgy and sure. contains a lot of words and all that kind of stuff. They want people that are 
ready to party until the early hours. The 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 club really gets going well after midnight. Really, nice. not until one or two a.m. Wow. is it really you know going well. So yeah, it's an interesting clientele that they're looking for. Uh, and I think if you go in with preconceived notions of what you think a cruise will be, you will be either pleasantly or unpleasantly surprised, <laughs> depending on on which way you go. Yeah, I know over here we have a big virtual queue environment where, you know, for the dining room, the main dining room on ships, which I know they don't have one on Virgin, or for guest relations or even some theaters required on some of the cruise lines. Is there a virtual queue environment on board Scarlet Lady? Yes, uh, and not not only Scarlet Lady. I think all the uh, the recent uh, cruises I've been on, uh, Iona as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there is a problem with the apps not keeping up sure. with with the normal reality of, of being on a cruise uh, and people, if they're not booking up in advance, sometimes even if they've not booked ahead of the cruise, if possible, they're finding that they're ending up with, you know, really bizarre times, either very early or very late or, or restaurants are filling up. Um, they're being uh, denied the choice that they want. I think that's a kind of general maybe industry-wide mm-hmm. problem at the moment. Uh, we, we've gone from a culture when people used to go to one of two fixed sittings and sat in the same place with the same people every night to this whole freedom dining, which has just been developed and developed and developed. Uh, but I think you have to be pretty much on the ball to book early uh, in order to get what you want. Um I mean, they did say on Virgin, you know, obviously there's enough space within the different restaurants to to accommodate everybody. But uh, obviously peak times, peak days, uh, popular restaurants, uh, that's going to cause problems. Mm -hmm. So I I think you have to be quite agile with your app and and forward planning in order to get the, the experiences you want. Every cruise line is also doing the contact tracing differently. Like MSC has those bands. I believe Royal Caribbean does too. Some cruise lines are using facial recognition. Does Virgin Voyages utilize any of that technology? Uh, no, there there is a wristband, like a bracelet mm-hmm. device, which uh, opens the door. Uh, and also you, you pay for things. So there's no card at all. It's gotcha. just this, uh, this bracelet. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, it doesn't have the sort of functionality that something like uh, the Ocean Medallion does on Princess. And as far as I know, uh, it can't be used for tracking. At least they we weren't made aware that it would be. Sure. In terms of um, COVID measures, actually Virgin was the most relaxed cruise I've been on so far. So masks were not compulsory. The crew wore them. But in terms of passengers... There, it was kind of requested but not uh, made compulsory. So most, if not ninety odd percent of people, didn't wear masks. Social distancing again was kind of suggested but not not fully implemented. In, for example, on Iona, one of the in the lifts you could only have four people, one in each corner. There wasn't. There was signs to say, you know, please keep two metres, six feet apart, that kind of thing, but not the kind of regulation I've seen elsewhere. Um, And there was dancing on Virgin, which I've not seen on other ships here. 
I've been on cruises where people have started to dance and have been asked politely to sit down again. Whereas on Virgin, the, the nightclub is really quite busy. I mean, I think people are, you know, obviously trying to be sensible. And although we're all double vaccinated on, on these ships, you know, people won't go in mad. But nevertheless, I think if you, as a, as a, if you just walked on board and saw what was going on, you wouldn't think it was necessary 2021. It could have been 2019. Right. Yeah. So it, it was, it was quite relaxed to that extent. And, you know, fingers crossed that, uh, that this is going to be a fine way to proceed. Yeah, it seems like, you know, at this point in the game, it's everyone's making their own decision, whether they want to cruise again or what they want to do, what they feel comfortable doing. And I think that, you know, I think there's a lot of mentality out there now that are, that's just saying, you know what, I can either live life or I can live life being afraid. So I think people are, you know, getting up to dance or going out to that pub now or going to uh, an outdoor concert or whatever, you know, just because it's like, you know what, I'm just got to. I can't be scared my whole life type thing, you know? Yes. So I I think vaccinations obviously been a game changer. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it's certainly allowed the, the UK cruises. And I know obviously uh, there's been reported cases in the U S here. The regulation isn't such that, that the cruise lines make it public. If, if there are cases on board and I'm doubtless there have been some positive tests, but, nothing has reached the extent that it's been it's been publicized yeah so i think people here are after all this time uh, of being stuck largely at home you know there are willing if they're vaccinated to take that uh, that risk mm-hmm. and and be sensible and not try to uh, be too too risky but sure. nevertheless, to, to do some of the things that they used to do. And, and the great thing about cruising being back, of course, is that you, you can go somewhere and be pampered and go to a, a lounge or a bar, see live entertainment, uh, all in one place. And we hope in a very safe and secure place because we know that uh, people have been vaccinated and or they've tested negative before boarding, which mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't get if you went to a normal club or bar or hotel. Yeah. You mentioned the ship was like around 50% capacity on your sailing. How do you mm. think the ship is going to handle on sea days with, you know, once we bump it up to 75% or even 100% down the road? You mentioned earlier that, you know, cruise ship people didn't really design this ship. Do you think that might be an issue? Once Scarlet Lady gets to the Caribbean, or it starts sailing in the uh, in the Med, uh, as Valiant Lady will will do uh, from Portsmouth next year, uh, I think once you've got the weather and when you once you've got the sunshine, you know there's plenty of outdoor space. And I think the pool is quite small, but I think the the thing about the pool is it's got two quite large-ish shallow areas either side of the actual should we say dive pool? Obviously you don't dive into it, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a deeper pool. And I think, I think the idea uh, that Virgin has is that people will kind of, rather than be interested in swimming, they'll just be sitting around sort of kicking the water or, or paddling through and, and just kind of hanging around the pool. Even on our cruise, lots of people were in the uh, the hot tubs and the wellness pool, as they call it. It's It's just like a, reasonably small pool stroke large hot tub 
Um, so people were were kind of hanging around and just uh, just kind of socialising, lying lying on the beds and the lounges as you would normally expect. But there was more of a group atmosphere rather than people individually being on lounges with a book. They were they were in hot tubs or they were on beds and and they were chatting to each other and interacting and all the rest of it. So I think that's probably the kind of vibe that Virgin are after. And that in the evening, uh, even with the English weather, people uh, have been out uh, and you know dancing around the pool and and kind of hanging out around the pool. So yes, I I think once once the weather is more assured, that that's that's going to work better than it is at the moment even with more passengers. Yeah, I was looking at some pictures from the, the sailing, and it, am I seeing this correctly? There was like a net you can lay, and it's like you're laying over the water on this net on the ship? Yeah, it's uh, it's a, like a, a catamaran-type okay. net, and it's on deck about ooh, 16 or something. Um, so it, it's pretty high up. I, <laughs> I didn't actually venture onto it. <laughs> not, not so much, uh, I hasten to add, because... Uh, of the height because i've done similar height uh heights before but it's actually clambering over the rope uh, <laughs> and i thought if i if i get down i might never get out uh, and uh, but that you know that's a bit of fun it was something that branson wanted i think yeah um so yeah again it's a bit of a photo op uh, there's a lot of things around virgin that's very instagrammable the entrance to the nightclub, for example, is mirrored with lots of tiny lights. And just about everyone that walks through there takes a selfie or gets someone to take a picture of them. Because it's and, and the entrance to a lot of the restaurants, you kind of felt, you know, this has been designed for Instagram. It's not just normal decoration. And and I think the catamaran thing is is another, you know, one of those kind of experiences. And obviously, much much less intrusive or expensive than than sticking in a you know a water slide or a uh, you know a, a chute or any mm. any other the sort of gimmicks that other cruise lines do. But yeah, it's there, there's there's a big um, emphasis on wellness as well. There's a big running track. Uh, there's also lots of outdoor gym equipment that you can use as well as the obviously the insides. Uh, equipment as well so uh yeah there's lots of uh lots of unique aspects of uh of scarlet lady yeah i was going to ask you about the athletic club because that was another big push they were talking about when they were launching this you know up to the up to the 2019 or i guess at the 2020 debut rather was the athletic club multi-level and all kind of like uh uh I guess over here we call it CrossFit type stuff where it's like yeah. endurance and everything like that. So you kind of just walk through there and see like where people actually using it and having a good time on up there. Yes. There's uh, people were uh, stretching on bars. Mm-hmm. There's, I, I don't know how to describe half these things because <laughs> I'm not a great user of them. Um, but yes, uh, one, a friend of mine who's really into his fitness, he's, he's actually a uh, physical trainer. I uh, was quite impressed from my photos of the of the assortment of equipment on board. There's things like seesaws and swings and all that kind of stuff as well. So yes, uh, I think if you if you're serious about your your fitness, there's some good areas and good equipment there to to oh. exercise with. Well, a couple more questions here, Dave, and we'll wrap it up. Um, do you have any first time tips to offer for someone who, you know, here in the US or in the UK who might have Scarlet Lady booked, something they maybe they should know going into the sailing? Well, I suppose, you know, go in with an open mind. 
I think enjoy the food, try and test as many of the restaurants as you can, because there is an excellent range of food. The food court I probably discovered too late. I was only on for four days. But I, I thought, heavens, you know, if I'd realised this was here earlier, have a look. They do have a daily planner. It's normally on the app, but you, you can get a, a paper version as well. There's lots going on, um, as as well as the what you would normally expect, or perhaps not what you'd normally expect. There's entertainment uh, going on on of all sorts of um, all sorts of content. One thing I suppose the key tip is really expect the unexpected. There was bingo. I didn't go in in the end because they were charging for the cards. But I understand, you know, the bingo is very different. It's very it's very it's done for laughter. It's it's very interactive. People win some good prizes apparently. So, I mean, just about everything is different. Don't expect what you would normally have on a cruise ship. It's going to have an edge to it one way or other. And in closing here, you've been on it basically twice now, once in Dover about a year and a half ago, and you sailed it for four nights here. Any final thoughts you have of Scarlet Lady? Well, I I think it's great overall, whether you love it or hate it, to have a new cruise line, a new ship coming along and challenging some of those, those cruising norms that, that some of us love and some of us may have tired of some of them. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, Branson as well, particularly over here, he's another love it or hate it kind of figure. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think, you know, in the States I've seen before, there's some resistance just because of who he is or what Virgin is or whatever. So I would say keep an open mind. Uh, It might not be for you. It's not for everyone. But it's great to see a new cruise line coming in with some different ideas, different designs, different ways of doing things. And personally, I wish them luck. We've been talking with travel writer Dave Monk about his four-night cruise on Virgin Voyage's new ship, Scarlet Lady. Dave, where can we find some of the articles and content you've put out there? Well, I've written an article for a Metro uh, website over here. It's metro.co.uk. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, on the on the travel page, you should find uh, my reviews of both Scarlet Lady and Iona. Or if you go to my Instagram, there'll be a, a link from my profile. Very good, man. It was uh, nice talking to you as always. And I can't wait till these borders open up again and we can start sailing again together. That'd be fantastic. Thanks again, Dave. I really appreciate everything. Yep. Cheers. Thanks, Doug. Breaking news as it happens online and on demand at cruiseradio.net a big question we get at cruise radio is how do i know if i need trip insurance simple answer if you're getting on a plane taking a road trip or getting on a cruise ship you need to have travel insurance Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. All right.
right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.